Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. For two years, they've supposedly been working on it, and now they're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got nothing. And SI's Pat Forty. This is like peak NCAA. All right, welcome to the pod. It's just Pat and I today. Pete is on vacation. He's a uh, suntanning or something. I don't know what he's doing. Sitting on the beach. He's playing Yahtzee with the strength coach from Boston College. He's on Cape Cod, angering his wife while he texts strength and conditioning coaches and the Mac. <laughs> Supposed to be paying attention on the beach. Says he's going to read a book, but I don't think so. He won't. No. Anyway, you can get, I'm sure he'll, he always breaks his best news while on vacation. Goes on, he goes on a lot of vacations. He does do that. You know, he's mastered the art of going on vacation, mm. but then being a bad vacationer by yeah, doing a, bad, a bunch of work while on It's not vacation. even a vacation. Yeah. Anyway, Armageddon, Pat 40. This is some funny stuff. The NIL laws are going in effect in some places, and now the NCA is, uh, Going with a stopgap measure, which is basically my legalize it plan, <laughs> which is what they should be their plan all along. They've been working on this supposedly for two years. God knows what they were working on, uh, other than the buffet uh, spread at the meetings, which are always in Florida. <laughs> From the D1 ticker, the D1 council has voted to adopt an interim NIL policy. College athletes can engage in NIL activities that are consistent with the law of their state where the school is located. College and universities are responsible for determining whether those activities are consistent with state law. Got to have regulations. Student athletes who attend a school in a state without an NIL law can engage in this activity without violating NCA rules related to name, image, and likeness. College athletes can use a professional service provider for an NIL activities. That's an agent. They just don't want to use the term. Student athletes should report NIL activities consistent with state laws or school or conference requirements to their school. Basically, go ahead. So for years, we've had this issue. For two years, they've supposedly been working on it. And now they're just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> Great is, work. Oh, Great it's work. tremendous. This is like peak NCAA. First of all. You know, having to walk back out of castle amateurism with their hands up, acknowledging that we can no longer defend the walls of this castle the way we have for five decades, six decades, whatever. But then, yeah, like acknowledging that we're, we're going to have a working group in May 2019 
And then you come back in April 2020 with the results of the working group, which are a recommendation for name, image, and likeness rules. And we're going to pass it in January. And then they get to January and they're like, ah, never mind. No, we're not. And then with the pressure coming down on them here and all the states lining up and passing laws uh, at the last minute, now we have this stopgap thing, which, if I understand correctly, Dan Wetzel, says that you're actually better off right now in a state that doesn't have a law in the books yep. than you are in a state that does. Because the states that don't have a law in the books are like, yeah, just go do your thing and we'll figure it out later. So this is just, this is perfect right now. So July 1, we are going to see a hell of a rodeo out there with college athletes <laughs> running left, right, and up the middle towards the dollars. It's going to be really fun, I think, to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is It is classic stuff. Like, well, we got nothing. And here's the thing. Good. I was talking yeah. to a, an athletic director the other day at a, I, I'd, I'd call, I'd, no offense to this guy. I'm not going to say who it is, but no offense, but a low major. <laughs> okay. No one wants to be a low major. We're mid-major. <laughs> yeah. If there's a mid-major, there's got to yeah. be a low major. And one of you, yeah, like one third, one third, one third. Yeah. Um, low major. And they're basically like, we may sign up with one of these NIL firms, which are just, of course, making all the money off the backs of the students because we got to have our, our, our the adults make the money. It's just not a, a thing, but I don't know if we're going to do anything. I'm like, don't do any rules. Yeah. What? Let, let's put it this way. They want their student athletes to be students, right? Have yeah. you ever heard of a college that monitors, let alone approves the off-campus work of their students? <laughs> okay. No. You want to go wait tables at the restaurant in the center of campus town. You do not have to register with your political science professor. <laughs> Say, hey, I need a couple bucks here. I'm going to deliver pizzas around campus. Is this a lot? No, just let them do what they want. If you want them yeah. to be students, right. let them go make some money. These guys are the worst of the bureaucrats. They know best. It's a nanny state. We got to make sure we got to protect you. We got to get our cut. We got everything. They can't just let a free market be a free market. It is the worst of the worst of overreach bureaucracy. <laughs> it is. It is. What are you doing? Why? Something bad might happen. What? <laughs> Someone works and doesn't get paid. It happens all the time. That person's credibility gets lost. They go away, right? Like, what are you doing? But they have to. They can't stop themselves. They must regulate guardrails. That's their term now. Guardrails, yep. right? We can't say it's an agent. You may use a professional <laughs> services provider. <laughs> it's like that for my that cable? Is, what is that? Is that, yeah. is that my cell that phone? Is, that is, no, that's, that's an agent. a classic NCAA uh, euphemism right there. Oh, my God. Get out of the way, people. Service. Just let it happen. Yeah. yeah. Let it happen. Let's see how it works. Tweak it where you need to. You know, I mean, it's going to be messy, but it's going to be progress that we've been waiting for for who knows how long. I just think you're going to have happier student athletes. You're going to have a, a, just a more free flow of everything. You're going to stop the, the massive hypocrisy of like, you know, the, the players that were all getting all that stuff under the table. They may still be getting stuff under the table, but you're at least there's less of a lie about it. And so, you know, let's let's let this thing go forth and multiply 
and we'll see where it uh, where it needs to be fixed and tweaked along the way. But the funny thing, like this is, it's like you know the NCAA forever sitting there saying you can go out to recess, but you can't play on the jungle gym because it's dangerous. You might fall and hurt your arm. And then right. finally, they realize. Okay, the kids are going to play on the jungle gym. We're just going to go inside and pretend we never said that to begin with. You guys just go, and we're going to sit in here and pretend we don't know what's going on out there. I mean, you know, you hear these 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 dire against the existential threats. There might be payments to students to go to school. <laughs> the LSU basketball coach was caught on a wiretap by the FBI saying he was making strong-ass offers. <laughs> they aren't even in the Final Four. <laughs> no. They aren't even that good. Seven million cheating scandals later. And we're finally finding out. Oh, my God. Some rich booster, <clears throat> Nevin Shapiro, might pay tons of money for kids to come to their schools or put them on this yacht. Or what are we going to do? Nothing. It'll go on. Most of the players that Nevin Shapiro paid, they're out of the NFL already. That's how long this has been going on. It's been going on. Oh, sure. It was going on for a hundred years yeah. you drove this underground this is all going on talk to any college football or basketball coach you have people saying i need money for an official visit you want a home visit pay me right. you're gonna have to pay something here yeah it doesn't exist their, their fantasy land does not exist this is my problem when they none of them would show up at those federal trials they want to pretend it does. It, it, their, their fantasy world exists. And I remember ripping them like not one athletic director, compliance officer, associate commissioner. Like I, I kind of get the, you know, Mark, you're Mark Emery. You don't want the state. Some curious compliance officer sit there and hear how it really goes. Nobody wanted to hear it. It's like no. there's not a single bit of this that was legitimate. No, just. No. Here we go. It's like when the people open casinos in states and all of a sudden other places, oh, that underground casino that existed, right? Oh, well, now we got sports wagering. No, you always had sports wagering. <laughs> That's why there was a bookie that lived in your neighborhood. Right. right? Oh, my God. Marijuana is getting sold now legally in my in my neighborhood. It was always getting sold. Yeah. What people just smarter smoking? Is there more people high now than before? I don't think so. It's just, yeah. but they cannot help themselves. So they're, it's funny because they, they spent two years twisting themselves into a knot to try to regulate this. And they're realizing we can't, it's not going to work. And so now they're just basically kind of saying we give up, but they're not really, it's going to be an interim. We're going to work on it. Yeah. To see what happens. What's the worst yeah. thing that could happen here? What really is the worst thing that can happen? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, like if you want to theorize, if you want to get really, you know, absurd, then it's some booster pays a kid fifty thousand uh, dollars, you know, for and then the kid drops a winning touchdown and the booster comes after him or something. I mean, you know, if you if you want something okay, like, like somebody committing a le illegal physical harm like yes, that, yes, okay. yes, okay, yeah, I don't I would, anticipate, but that, that would be murder or or, or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. or assault out or on whatever. the players. Yeah. Yes, that would be bad. I don't see that as really a plausible. No, what here's the here's the worst thing that could happen, okay? Okay. Someone like Dan Gilbert, Michigan State billionaire, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, says, I'm gonna spend hundred million dollars and I'm gonna sign uh the number one recruiting class the next four years. 
and I'm going to get all these kids. I'm going to sign eight five stars a year and eight four stars, and we're going to be loaded, and we're going to win national championships year after year after year, okay? That's conceivably the worst thing that could possibly happen if you want, which is exactly what happens right now without the booster putting it on the table at Alabama. Right, right. So the the power shifts from Alabama to Michigan State. Instead of building $100 million facilities and waterfalls in your locker room and mini golf courses and pay the strength, I'm just going to pay the players and I'm going to win. And that would be the conceivably worst competitive balance thing possible. But in the reality, if you take the scope of it, so Michigan State's the new Alabama, all right? Like, what what happened? Yeah. First off, that ain't okay, going to happen because right? Alabama's not going to sit there and go, well, we're not. We don't have any NIL. We don't have any. Right. right? It's going to be a dogfight for these kids. But that conceivably one one person comes in and just blows the market out of the water. But we already have that. Yeah. It can't get more competitively <laughs> imbalanced. No, it shouldn't. I, I mean, you're right that the, what the way it sets up now that these those dogfights already occur. Right. They already battle for players. They already, you know, we there. There is plenty of uh, monetary investment. And now, if it's okay, if it's above board a little bit more, and we know about it, fine. That's better. At least we're stopping the sham, so to speak. That you know, that people are pretending that money isn't helping decide where players are going. So, I'm totally fine with it. You know, I do wonder how this is going to. You know, will there be an effect? on non-revenue sports. Some of them are, I, I guarantee it, there are going to be some non-revenue athletes that get rich starting Thursday, July 1st. They sure. absolutely get paid. And that's going to be great. Uh, but you do wonder, like, for from a, from a program building standpoint, does this actually impact Olympic sports negatively if booster money flows even more directly to revenue sports? If... Overall donations going into the the athletic department budget has to be reduced. Mm -hmm. Then conceivably, the, the people they're going to get are some of these non revenue sports. That I agree. Uh, I still think the bigger the bigger threat to non revenue sports over the next ten years is is both market uh, just market forces and Jeffrey Kessler going back to the Supreme Court. Well, that's the yeah. one I would worry. I would worry right. those two more. I you need now you need a you need to pay all the athletes. And you sit right. there and say, I don't need 3,000 athletes anymore. I can't pay them all. Right. Um, yes, some money will no longer, you will lose. I, I would not be surprised if, if let's say for, you know, math purposes, Alabama receives, uh, and they don't, but let's say they receive $100 million in booster donations. And all of a sudden, 20 million of that goes directly to athletes and you're down to 80 million. That would not surprise me. And maybe someone's going to, get get whack there but some of that 20 million is going to go to your gymnast it's going right. to go to your cross-country runner that wins a national title it's going to go to your softball team that kicked ass and they had all these star players on the, that softball team it's gonna you know so hey that's 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 the world man that's the economy yeah overall though like it, it, when they're what they're scared of in competitive balance is one guy outbidding the rest of the country which won't happen but even right. if it does, so what? Yeah. Right? Innocent people aren't dying if all of a sudden <laughs> Michigan State wins the national title six years out of 10, opposed to Alabama winning the national title six years out of 10. Right. Or Ohio Michigan State wins the Big Ten eight years out of 10 instead of Ohio State. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Their biggest fears are nothing. And I don't think that will even happen. No, I don't think it probably will either. I, like you said, I, they, it's not going to be something where one person, I don't think, can skew the balance to that degree because it's going to be too competitive. But uh, no, it's not going to happen. And it, again, if it does, okay. Again, the market will correct itself eventually. These things have a way of working out. And yeah, it's, there is nothing you know, inherent in the rules of nature or in the rules of football that says Alabama has to be the power or Ohio State has to be the power or Clemson has to be the power. And I think we'd all be a little bit refreshed to see somebody other than those three being the power at some point in time. That would be fine. I'd be okay with it. This goes back. It's a different subject. But when the NCAA punished the Penn State on the Sandusky case and they punished them hard, right? And I I really never thought much of that because I felt like this is a criminal matter. Like, I just, right. it's not the NCAA's purview, but they did. And the Penn State fans were like, we're devastated. We're suffering. We're all the, like some of the really wild fans. And it's like, it's not your birthright to go 10 and two. No. You staged a football team. You go seven and five. All right. It, like nothing bad happened here just because you couldn't beat Iowa. It's all right. You, you, you know, yeah. you still want the picnic. You want the tailgate. Get together with your friends. Like, it's not a birthright to go. But to college football fans and administrators, yes, it's like, no, what do you, uh, Alabama has to be number one. No, they don't. Nope. They haven't always been number one Mm-mm. some years. So this opens up uh, a variety of things. And, yeah, I don't I don't think it's – I think this uh, – and, and I want to go over this because I think it's it's the point that this podcast has been making for a long time. This will make for a more competitive, balanced uh, sport. And that is the exact opposite of what you hear from the existential threat crowd that's just screaming. Okay, Alabama is going to get by all your recruits. Alabama already gets all the recruits. Okay, so I think there are X number of reasons why a kid goes to school, picks a school. Then you had three recruited athletes and your kids went all over the place. But great coaching, right? Uh, Winning tradition, Mm -hmm. uh, proximity to home. It's a big one. A lot of kids want to stay home. Facilities, just the school itself, the academics or the location. You know, like I, this is what I'm looking for. What do you think the main five, six reasons? Anything else that just stands out as like a reason for a kid to choose? Uh, religious affiliation, right? Like why does BYU get all of a sudden get this kid? Oh, he's Mormon. Okay, right, I got it, right? right? You see, you, you yeah. go, well, but BYU's going to, uh, or, or why can Notre Dame beat Ohio State for recruiting Ohio. Well, if he's a Catholic kid, is at a Catholic school, he's got a chance. If he's at a public school, right. they ain't winning, right? right? Family ties. I don't know. Any other? Yeah, no. I mean, I think those are the main ones. That and peer group, you know, I think that if if you've got other people that you want to go to college and play with in your sport, that that can also be an influence. But no, you, you, uh, you ticked off the vast majority of them, if not, you know, all of them right there. So now, because the one thing that when somebody signs with a school that they're that's a, a at a different pecking outside the pecking order, right? What's mm-hmm. the first thing everyone screams? They're cheating. Paid them, right? Yep. And that has proven to work. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a lot of truth to that. Usually, <laughs> when LSU all of a sudden's beating everybody for five star basketball players, eh, okay, maybe there right. was a reason why. Yes, so we have a hundred years of college athletics of proof that you can punch above your weight if you're paying. McDonald's bags, gonna, baby. <laughs> McDonald's bags of cash, whatever it is, right? 
the old cakes they gave to, you know, up in Michigan for the fab, whatever it is, that's it. We have, so we're now adding money above the table. And my argument on why this is going to be better for college sports is this general stats, I would say. We'll take, we'll go back to Michigan State. Very good basketball program, but they've won one national title in 20, like they won it in 2000 and won since, but very good. Yep. But let's yep. go to football. When they really get a cranking, yeah, they want a Rose Bowl, right? But for the most part, I would consider them a mid-level Power Five program. Yeah, they they can occasionally they've had a blip or two in the top five, but they're probably top twenty-five. More they like. never recruit at a super high level. Let's just take for math purposes. If they go head to head with Ohio State ten times, they will win one recruiting battle. One out of those ten that Ohio State wants. First choice, you're my first choice middle linebacker. Michigan State says you're my first choice middle linebacker. Ohio State's going to win nine times out of ten. Yep. Maybe there's that one other reason. Hey, I'm from Lansing. My parents went there. You know, my buddy's going there. Whatever it is. I just love green, <laughs> um, the color of the uniform. <laughs> Whatever it is. Oh, good. Get to the pros. That's the, the other one that matters a great deal in uh, the, yeah. in the yeah. list. Yeah. Can you get me to the NFL? But almost anyone can get to the NFL. We just had the right. North Dakota State's got more <laughs> top three draft picks than uh, than I don't know what Clemson probably probably last <laughs> I mean years, anybody yeah. in Alabama yeah. right top three quarterbacks right I mean they got so anyone can get there but it's a big one winning championship all that if all of a sudden I would still say maybe Ohio State wins. Let's say Ohio State now wins eight of the 10 because you say, I, I want you to be our, our middle linebacker and you go, well, Michigan State's offering me a chance to be the star player up there. And I got a better chance to make more money right away because I'm going to play earlier and I'm coming in as a big name because everyone's like, you're a five star recruit. All the all the fans are excited. Maybe you win eight. Maybe it's maybe Ohio State only wins eight. Maybe they only win seven. Those margins, and then when Ohio State's trying as their second, you're you're the second cornerback we're taking. You're the second quarterback. You're the second linebacker. They still beat Ohio, Michigan State six or six or seven times out of ten. Now sure. I think that drops considerably if Michigan State's saying you're my first choice. And so I think at the margins, so is Michigan State going to automatically roll past Ohio State? No. But being a big fish in a smaller, perceived smaller pond closes the gap. And sure. all of a sudden, you, you, you aren't as deep. Ohio State isn't as deep, and they can't just roll through the Big Ten every single year. And I think it's more exciting for Michigan State, let alone, you know, Boise State or the others we use. What was the, the kid from Kansas State signed a four-star quarterback from Colorado to go to K-State? Right. And the K-State fans yep. are crazy excited. Yep. That kid signed at USC. No one even know. Hey, no one, they wouldn't blink. Right. Oh, another yeah. kid, another four star. I just think that you've added one of the one of the seven, eight, nine things. We've added something to that list by doing so. It'll spread out the town a little bit. Not overwhelming. It may not shuffle the order of the teams right now, but it closes the gap between teams by closing the gap. You have more likely to have upsets. You might have surprise teams. You might have all sorts of different stuff. And then as the transfers go, there's all sorts of other potential there. So what do you think of that? No, I think so. What, what is probably available to most 
players is not going to be life-altering money from NIL. But for enough players from modest means, it could be enough to be to make a change your 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 outlook on a de- on a decision. And if you are one of those schools that A has the money and B has the ability to say we are prioritizing you. You come here you will be one of these people in line for this sponsorship. You know, we're, well, you know, the school can't do it, but but you can, hey, here, talk to Dan Gilbert, and he'll tell you what he can do for you. And Dan Gilbert can lay it out and say, yeah, here's what I can do that Ohio State isn't really willing to do for you, uh, you know, and th- that, that can absolutely make a difference in this. And as you said, it's not going to probably be a radical sea change right away, but it does slowly uh, – tip the scales back somewhat more towards competitive balance where maybe you don't see Ohio state having six NFL cornerbacks sitting on top of each other. You know, the first two waiting to leave as juniors. And then there's two more that are sophomores and two more they've just recruited. Uh, You know, maybe that gets spread out a little bit and two of those corners are at Michigan state or wherever Uh, one of them's at Wisconsin and yeah, the, the, uh, that, the, just the, the ridiculous amount of stockpiling of talent gets dispersed a little bit more and everybody gets a little more of a chance at it. Uh, and again, I don't think there's other than the people who are fans of the schools that are completely dominating college football. I don't think anybody would complain about that. General fans would like to see a little bit more even playing field, just in terms of who's in the mix for conference championships and going to a playoff, especially an expanded playoff. Uh, I got my my K State story half right. Uh, Jake Rubley is, I believe, the recruit. He's a four star from West Des Moines, Iowa. I said he was from Colorado. Oh, okay. okay, whatever. I thought he was Out from Colorado. I, I thought he was too. Not. Maybe there's another yeah. kid going somewhere. Maybe uh, they're stockpiling four star quarterbacks. At I don't K-State. know. I don't know. But like K State, right? You just go, well, they can't. They're never going to get recruits. They don't have the proximity to talent. They don't have this. They don't have the weather. But they got fans that are rabid. Sure. They got boosters. Uh, Everybody's got, got boosters. boosters. Yeah. I mean, somebody, you take Michigan State, they got more alums than anybody, practically. Yeah. I mean, right? you know, like these schools, some of these schools, 50,000 students churning out. Uh, you that's got people. why, like, UCF is sitting out there as the, you know, the the gold mine waiting to happen, potentially, with, the like, one of the biggest enrollments in America, 50,000, 60,000. In one of the biggest cities. Mm-hmm. With no NFL team. Right, right, right. And you're loaded around proximity talent, right? The kid, Arkansas, all that business up there. You know, we talk about the the fan bases. Arkansas, what's their problem? Not enough kids in state. But, boy, they got fans. They got money in northwest Arkansas. Oh, Nebraska, boy. there's no in-state recruits. They got right. fans. Boise, Fresno State, things like that, yeah. you know. Uh, places where your market, your, your very small market matters. Yeah. You know, that's thing. state I mean. You've been? Have you been to a game at Fresno? Never a game, no. Okay, I've been to Fresno. Yeah, I, I've been to games there, and that is that they got that uh, the Valley, and I I always get it wrong. I think it's the San Joaquin Valley. I kept saying yeah. it was the San Fernando Valley, and that was wrong, and somebody no, corrected me. Thank you, thankfully. But uh, but the fans in the Valley there, they got that green V on the back of their helmets because they represent the whole Valley, and the Valley gets behind them, especially when they are good. They get into it. And I guarantee those folks, if you if you can uh, 
sell to a to a you know some good recruits from California. Hey, you come here and you, you know there's a lot of people that will be interested in you and potentially sponsoring you or you know having you do some endorsements. They've got something to offer for sure. A million people live in Fresno County, California. Yeah, it's a lot. And David Carr could have made. You could retroactively say, "Hey, David Carr made could have made X Y Z amount of money." Yeah. Right. I, I just think that this this spreads out that talent. I know we've been we've been saying it, but just as pure as a pure economic enterprise, it just spreads out talent. It, yeah. it, you you just added something to the equation, and no, it won't alter it. But like right now, the the way they try to alter things is salaries and facilities, but those are very slow impacts. Uh, we built a new facility. First off, we need $50 million. It takes years to construct it. You have to slowly get the kids through to see it. Now, if you say, instead of donating a million dollars to the $50 million facility, some guy just says, I'm going to donate a million dollars to the players. You can have very quick impact. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that, much these kids are going to get paid. I don't know if they're going to not make a lot or some guys, these bidding wars will be absolutely insane, but it's no less insane than a mini golf course in Clemson <laughs> and yeah, a slide and a waterfall <laughs> and, yeah. and a strength Let's think coach of where the money's going right now. Yeah, I mean, honest to God, now. to build right. playgrounds, to build friggin' playgrounds for college people. So I, 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 I would be I would welcome a reprioritization somewhat of the uh, the booster investment. I will say there was a story I passed it along from Sportico a couple of days ago. It was a good story. It was interesting, but I thought it was premature saying looking at Florida from when DeSantis you know, announced that they would be the first to pass NIL and we're going to be ahead. We're going to have a, a competitive advantage for our Florida universities with this. Uh, to now and so showing showing recruiting rankings saying, well, it hasn't happened. Well, it's too soon. Too soon. You can't make that declaration. Now, you got to actually see the money start going out. And I think recruits in that are going to sign in December for football and in the spring 2022, and then the next year's 23 and 24 are going to be the ones who are really actually watching this evolve and making decisions that will have some be based or impacted somewhat by what is happening in the NIL marketplace as far as who's like going into school this year. I, that I can't imagine that class was truly impacted by it, but I think in the, the next two, three years, then we're going to see who's, which schools are optimizing NIL, which players are taking advantage of it, which places are, you know, less freaked out about it and, and, Players are prospering from it, and those schools, I think, are going to have an advantage. I, I don't know. I didn't see the story, so I, I shouldn't comment. But anyone writing that's that's there's no way that you can. I mean, it's no sample size. Yeah, I mean, it's like just, one recruiting just, class, and it was based before any money has actually gone out. Yeah, that doesn't. There's no way to know. It hasn't started. Yeah. Plus, every other school, first of no one signed. I mean, every other school's like, well, we're going to get that, and guess what? They just did. So, yeah, that no, it, it won't. It will not. If you're expecting a complete reshuffle, you're crazy. There's no way you still even if you can make a little bit more money at UCF than Florida, most of the kids are still going to want to go to Florida. Yeah, right. Or you make a little more money at Florida than than. Uh, I don't know, Michigan, 
because theirs isn't in place yet. Not every Florida's not just going to walk up to Detroit and take every one of Michigan's recruits. No, because it's no. one factor. Right. It is, right? It is one Other factor. kids are going to be like, nah, man, I want to play near my my parents. Uh, you know, right. I grew up there. You, know, you can't just it's one factor. Right. That's and it. If the it's, difference if the difference is 40,000 versus 50,000 or whatever, I'm yeah, just throwing those numbers matter. out there. Is that enough to make you all of a sudden change your mind on when there when there's six other factors that way what this way you're going to make go the other way for 10 grand? Eh. Right. And so it's one factor in a list on in a an individual's list that could be seven or eight things long. And those things could be completely different you know, for one person or the next, some kids going to say, I'm never leaving town. You get it all the time in recruiting. It's funny. Like either, you know, whenever the college town has a, has a great recruit, they either commit when they're like freshmen <laughs> or they leave. Yeah, right. right. It's like, yep. right. Yeah. It's like some, you know, there's a great player at Norman high school. They either commit right away or they're yeah. out of there. Right. They're like, I got to get yeah. out of this town. Uh, sometimes even go to the arch rival. You sure. know, because they're just yeah, like, but uh, it's either the lifelong dream to wear that school's colors or you're like, no, I'm leaving. No, no, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm getting the hell out of town. There's uh, Isaiah uh, Satenga, I believe his name is, is a big time receiver and, and track runner. He's from Fayetteville, Arkansas. And his final two are Oregon and USC. He's mm. a big recruit this year. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting way the hell out of Northwest yeah. Arkansas. Right. Yeah. This is a problem, right? So even when Arkansas has a kid they could get and be like, we got one. Eh, nah. It's like, I'm going out, going out west, man. I'm out of here. Gone. I'm running as fast as I can run and I can run really fast. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you get you get some of uh, you get some of that. All right. One funny, I think, funny thing, because, again, these guys. It's funny. You talk to college football coaches athletic directors, a lot of fans. You will turn a lot of capitalists into social, regulatory socialists really quick when it comes to college athletics. Oh, Got to have rules, out. right? A lot of free market fans, out, boosters out there. The government off my... Well, except for this. <laughs> so the NCAs, I, I don't know what the... Uh, I guess no one knows what the rules are, but there seems to be a, 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 consen a consensus that the student-athletes should not receive any money from alcohol, gambling, or pornography companies. Okay. Striking at the heart of our uh, podcast content there. Uh, have any of these people been to college? <laughs> you cannot be the, you cannot, you cannot have Trevor Lawrence in the Miller Lite commercial. Come well, on, man. Are we still okay. doing this? Are we still doing this? Yes, we're still doing it because how long did it take conferences and universities to get around to admitting that fans drink in their stadiums <laughs> you know i mean remember the lsu boosters that were like taping flasks under their seats yeah because they couldn't buy a drink within the stadium well yeah i mean it took the you know the the craven pursuit of money for them to finally say okay yeah yeah we admit it they're drinking so let's sell the drinks in the stadium if it took 120 years to make that happen then of course we we have to control the children we must protect the children even when they're no longer children even when they're 21 years old no we can't pretend to know that they may actually drink and therefore you know be able to or want to sponsor or endorse a drinking beverage i love the gambling one because they're all now part i mean gambling has always run this thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's right <laughs> 
but they now they're acting like like I'm sorry, is Bet MGM the Gambino crime family? Like I'm sorry, no, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bad things could happen with the gambling money coming in. You know, could be throwing games. These are a gazillion dollar corporations. Right. They're going to risk their entire uh, billions of dollars in market cap. The MGM Resorts, the entire company is going to risk it all because they're going to lean on some kid. <laughs> To, to miss a field goal? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we've we've compromised the defensive end at uh, Texas Tech for this week. <laughs> He's not gonna try. If they run around his end, they'll score and we got the we got the spread covered at Bet MGM. Yeah. These gambling companies are like they got ten states legalized right now. They're looking at the mother and the big states are coming. Right. Like, no offense, West Virginia, but we're not that excited about you. We're very, very, very excited about Texas and California. <laughs> right. And it's like, but, oh, I don't a gambling company now. Don't you think, though, that that's a great example of what happens when you do get it out in the open, deregulate, so to speak, is when when everything was run through the local bookie, uh, things were a little bit more shady perhaps and perhaps there could be a little bit more direct influence that needed to be put on local on a player or could be put on a local player as opposed to when you have a colossal gambling organization running it so i think well, the it, chances it can still happen and it, it can probably still happen. is but it's not coming from the house no it's not coming from mgm it's not coming from these other companies. It's just not happening because it doesn't make any sense to them. They have too much to lose. You can still have people trying to influence a game, sure, for shaving points. Um, but that's always happened. That's why when you know they all the all NCA go to Congress and, and and the NFL, all of the leagues, we wanna we can't allow this sports wagering. All you're doing is the lobbying for organized crime. Right. Like you're in favor of the organized crime because guess what they do with their profits? They then go and get like you become heroin dealers and they traffic, you know, kids. And they I mean, like what? Really? Yeah. I'm pretty good with the, I own MGM stock. <laughs> I own pen gaming stock. I, I, I'm good with it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not trying to turn my profits into anything other than retirement. That's it. Yeah. Like you're in favor of my, the competition to these places? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the competition may not be that savory. How how crazy is it going to be in a compliance office for them to sit there and watch? Like I, I feel like it's like when the when a dad pushes the kid without the training wheels down the thing and they just cover their <laughs> right. eyes and like so, someone's riding their bike for the first time or right drive off with a car yeah. the first time or like go down the ski hill you're just like oh no I can't I'm not in control like the helicopter mom that can't right. I was just going to ask you that from a national office perspective like at the NCAA I mean like enforcement guys they I mean they at least they now. Have almost been told stand down, put your loafers up on your desk and watch it happen. But from a for them, it do totally runs counter to intuitive to intuition. And then yeah, on the actual campuses, oh my God, they're gonna have to be in hives. Like, what do we do? We're watching all this happen. And I I don't know, you know, are they is there going to be any attempt to regulate it, or is it just well? There it goes, and we're just going to close our eyes, and we'll check back in a couple of weeks. No, they're going to regulate. 
They yeah. have to regulate. That's they, they first off, their jobs exist on it. Well, you know. And their mentality is we must babysit these kids. There's incredible patron like uh patriarchy here. There's mm-hmm. a racial element, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. sure. Right? What do they talk about? These kids. I, I, I was on the Andy Staples show. He brought this thing up. He's like, uh, uh, you know, they're going to have to do their own taxes, right? <laughs> okay. Like what? Like 16-year-old kid working at McDonald's has to do taxes. That's how it works. Are your kids, are your student athletes so dumb and your school is doing such a bad job preparing them for life that they are yeah. un- incapable of doing taxes, that's it. If they're if they're that incapable, how'd they get into school at your place to begin with? Right. But it's 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 a it's like, well, you know, these kids, it's it's too complicated for them to figure out who's paying them or not paying them. Oh yeah. Really? Happens on social media all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What in the name of the taxlayer.com bowl are we doing here? <laughs> you know, I got I gotta give credit to uh Mike Slive here to a degree because gosh, it was Four or five years ago, maybe more, when he stood outside SEC media days and said, yeah, I think we should look at players having agents. And everybody's like, recoiling. But again, you know what? Make Make a more fair system and then trust the people to make good decisions about how things happen. And yeah, there's going to be some bad decisions and there will be some abuse and there'll be manipulation. There'll be some sad stories. But for the most part, we're not dealing with infants trying to make decisions here. You know, I mean, they, they're they're people that certainly should have at least a little bit of background, a little bit of knowledge, and also the help of their universities in getting some guidance here and figuring it out. If they want it, yeah. they're 18. They want a right. lawyer, you get a lawyer. Can you imagine yeah. you're basically denying them that? Denying representation? denying an opportunity all because you have right. to, you know best and they're not smart enough to figure out whether it's a shady agent or just a good one they'll figure right. it out we say sure. it all the time adults they're adults people get married half of them get divorced <laughs> they open a business half of them fail that's life yep. guys pick the wrong school like colleges will celebrate like uh well you know Kid, kids choosing his two hats, and he's like, "I just, I just, ha- I just love maroon. Got to go with it. Hey, <laughs> we got the right color. Look at our waterfall. This is a good reason to choose our school. Look at the waterfall. Our hostess program is hotter, and uh, maybe a little less. They showed you a little more than the library. This is what colleges have done forever. Right. And then they're like, and, yeah. I don't know, man. He might make a bad decision. Choose the wrong agent. Oh." <laughs> <laughs> okay then, big state you sure yeah yeah but we did yeah we did spend four million on a miniature golf course to make sure you <laughs> look at how play here. mini golf yeah. Yeah. look at who you get to play with here <laughs> all right look it's going to be really interesting there's going to be panic wailing screaming crying <laughs> nothing bad is going to happen <laughs> e- ostensibly. Rich people are going to give poorer people money. That's it. And perhaps and for return on investment of that, the, the kids that they're getting the money will will play well for your school. How about that? And they will get joy out of watching their team win. Yeah. That's all that's happening here. There is not. I mean, it's on. These quotes are unbelievable from some of these. Oh, my God. It's going to be chaos. Eh, 
You'll figure it out, man. It's, it's all going to What could happen? Yeah. Oh, Alabama's going to kick everyone's ass again. Yeah. No, I look back uh, last April, April 2020, when they announced this whole thing with, with absolutely no specifics and no ideas that we're going forward with NIL. I said, hey, that's good. is it going to be a mess? Yes. Is it going to be that? Will there be some abuse? Yes. Do it anyway. It's the right thing to do. It's progress. And then they didn't do it. And now they're finally just giving up and saying, all right, y'all figured out. We're going, we're going back inside the castle here. Good luck. The FBI will stop tapping your phones. <laughs> all right. We got a, we got a couple stories we got to get to. Uh, first off, the Twitter feed, the Beer Street Journal is reporting this. The Beer Street Journal, which I did not follow, but do now. If they're if they're reporting it, I'm believing it. Let's just start there. They're claiming I don't this photo is apparently real. I don't know. This can't be real, but <laughs> I mean, it's sort of real. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> far be it from the Beer Street Journal to uh, to put them out there uh, in honor of July 4th. The great Americans, the patriotic Americans at Pat's Blue Ribbon is releasing a 1776 pack of beer. What? It's basically a crate. It is 148 12 packs. Come on. <laughs> I am reading beerstreetjournal.com right now, okay? I'm, I'm trying to find this. Where are we? Beerstreetjournal.com? Beerstreetjournal.com. After 18 months full of words, we are completely tired of hearing like social distancing, self isolation, and new normal. Paps Blue Ribbon is celebrating America's independence in the most PBR way. The freedom-inspired hashtag 1776-pack being sent to four groups the brewery loves. A skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club, comedian Ali Makovsky, the band Hot Mulligan, and Igloo, company Igloo. So why aren't we getting one of these? Why Why indeed? I mean, come I will, on. Listen, Paps Blue Ribbon, I'm a big bush light guy, but they do very little for me. Very, very little. They do nothing for me, actually. They they really I'm do. You know, there that is unrequited love or unreturned, uh, unreciprocated. Your your affection for Bush Light is getting you nowhere. Not publicly available, but they did create a crate. I mean, if you just sent me that, how long would that take a to crate. drink? <laughs> 1776. If you get it before Fourth of July weekend, you can put a pretty good uh, hit into that. I think you could have your own little Boston Tea Party. Uh, 148 12 packs. So, I mean, look, Paps goes down pretty good. But I think 150 guys could handle the, I mean, that could handle that in a night. So you need 150 dudes, a lot of ice. A lot yeah, of but ice. But do, do you even know 150 dudes? I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I might. I yeah. probably know 150 guys that'll drink 12 pack of PBR. Are you kidding me? I, can get, I just throw it out in the pod, show up in my backyard. 150 <laughs> person case race. This is what we're talking about here. Oh, we'd take that, that thing tremendous. down on, on the 4th. If you guys worked with me, PBR, I could have done this on the 4th of July itself and really done it right. <laughs> Around Detroit? I mean, come on. Hey, do you know the, the amount of PBR I drank in college? I, can't, I am offended that I was not on the short list for this. I mean, 12 packs, you know? nothing. All day? Yeah. Nothing. Right. And you don't even need 148. I get 1,000 guys. <laughs> come on, PBR. Step it up. Anyway, I thought, you know. Patriotic times coming, so consider your PBR. Uh, two, two. You feel less- like like Natty Light should be kind of like they they've just had this thrown in their face. If you think back, you know, there there what was a seventy seven pack that we thought was 
you know, all gusto. He just like went. I mean, it blew it out of the water. I'll give it this. Yeah. I mean, a totally ridiculous number. All right, we have two two less exciting stories okay. uh, in our in our fast food uh, chicken situations. Ongoing saga. Two ongoing sagas here. One is um, uh, an Iowa man uh, was arrested Saturday uh, after he threatened to blow up a McDonald's uh, because uh, they his his, uh, his drive through order did not include dipping sauce for his chicken nuggets. <laughs> He got home, 42-year-old Robert Golwitzer Jr., presumed innocent. I mean, he's presumed innocent. Uh, okay. Um, called, uh, got home and called the uh, McDonald's in Ankeny, Iowa, just north of Des Moines, and threatened to blow it up and punch an employee. That's my favorite part. <laughs> after you blew A presumably the dead up, employee? After I don't know. If up? anyone survives the bombing, I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the face. All because they didn't get his dipping sauce. There's uh, not even a dipping sauce at McDonald's anymore that's good enough to, to be that mad. They used to have like habanero ranch, which was good. Sweet and spicy was good. And they got rid of all the good ones. So what do they know. have now, Sully? Oh, it's like barbecue sauce. They, they, oh, they have a Cajun one that they're testing out that I had recently with some nuggies that, that was good. But it's no better than like your Zaxby sauce. I think it's on this guy for not having like a stockpile of sauces. In his fridge, like everybody should. Well, that's yeah. What what if you if you are somebody who engages in chicken nugget eating, you should have a absolute like entire winter's worth of uh, sauces Correct. piled up in the fridge. Always ask right? for extras and keep them in the fridge. Yep. Yeah, it's like when the squirrels hoard for the winter. That's what it's what you should be doing. Sully um, knows but, what's what. That's right. I'm no I rookie. Say, I can't imagine getting that wound up about any McDonald's food that I would want to blow them up but we you know hey we've heard a lot of uh threats threats to detonate places including ones that were toilet based so yeah well you never know this apparently was a serious situation he's in the polk got put in the polk uh, county uh jail cool off a little bit um worse even worse than that though fortunately we've also apprehended this memphis police have arrested two customers who shot up a burger king because their chicken sandwich was had too much hot sauce. <laughs> wow. What is going wrong with people right now? First off, toughen up. These guys are going to have a hard time in prison. If you can't even, you ain't tough enough to handle a Burger King spicy chicken sandwich. You're such a wimp. You can't handle the, you want some bland food? Well, you're getting it. <laughs> yeah, three squares worth of bland every day. Yeah, ain't gonna be too spicy now. <laughs> that uh, I like. You shouldn't even own a firearm if you can't handle the spicy uh, chicken. You know, I think their, I mean, their issue really is not the spicy chicken. It's just they're a couple of assholes who carry around guns, shooting <laughs> places like Burger King. <laughs> right? Poor Burger King, man. These people, at least someone's at the Burger King working. We can't get anyone to work now. They, that, they guys oh are making God. good money. Let them work. I'm I am on the you. side of the fast food worker here. <laughs> Prosecute these people. There aren't very many of them anymore. No. How many places? I, I've gone several fast food places. Like when we were driving back from Omaha, nobody is working there. They're closed. The the, the drive. The, oh, their only drive through is open because they don't have enough workers. Whatever the case is, but man, how are we going to get our chicken sandwiches to, to you know get to the end of the chicken war here if we don't have anybody working there to cook them and serve them? 
I, I don't know. We need this. Do we need a? I mean, this this is this is an assault on all of us. It is. Hey, one more uh, ongoing saga, Dan. Did you see that Trevor says that he's Trevor Lawrence says he's trying out the the to- toaster? He's I did the toaster. That's right. Trevor Lawrence's yeah. toaster, who we were, you know, uh, early on enamored with and became a thing. I don't know whether we yeah. contributed to that becoming a thing. I think I, we did. I, Several we people did. flagged me. I don't know. That, we, uh, I mean, we did spend like two entire podcasts discussing <laughs> toasters, high-end toasters. So he did say he was going to bust out. He got a, what was it, like a $1,000 toaster? I can't remember how much his and was. His wedding it was 500 I don't know. The yeah, Revolutionary he, he, Toaster, or whatever it was called. Revolution Toaster. It's the one with yeah. like 700 different settings. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not even the best toaster on the market. <laughs> that that was your tireless investigative reporting. Really that was discovered that there are even more high end toasters. It's not just a toaster; it's a revolution. He has not re- he's not said whether how the toast came out though. Today is the day I'm about to open up the toaster. When was uh, that? First was that co- that's on Twitter yesterday. First comment mm-hmm. underneath was um, "Never forget when the Ohio State toasted you." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, wouldn't want to go Buckeye too much Nation scoreboard. Never sleeps. Clemson versus Ohio State might not want to do the scoreboard on that too much. Uh, no, um, but yeah, the toaster. So Trevor, come on now. We got. We need updates. Is the toast? I want better? a picture of the toast, and it better be the most beautiful piece of toast in history. Just think how much Trevor could have made in college being the toaster guy. This is the thing, you know. Absolutely. Trevor, boy, did he miss out. Hair care products, toaster. That dude could have made bank if he had only been born a little later. Also, one final thing. Another good night for NCA staff. Uh, they uh, Another fallout from the Christian Dawkins uh, case. TCU men's basketball is uh, hit with three years probation, five years show cause, blah, 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 and a $5,000 fine. Oh, Bar Another tab. happy hour at Slippery Noodle taken yep. care of. July 4th bar tab for the NCA <laughs> staffers. We are in favor of it. <laughs> you guys, okay, we bash you the whole thing, but, you you know, you're going to work there. You could use a couple cocktails at the end of a hard, another hard week. So I'm telling you, I, I, I think t- the least TCU could do is pay for enforcement and PR to have uh, several rounds at the noodle. The five thousand dollar fine is the funniest thing of all time. (laughs) I mean, comparative, it's like getting a speeding ticket for a dollar or something. Like what? I I think I have a new mission: is at least to find a a public school that maybe will be able to say where that money goes. You know, yes, we paid five thousand dollars, and maybe they they can at least have some insight into where the five thousand went. Oh, they'll 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 tell you where it supposedly went scholarships it's general general yeah. general fund general, general something uh anyway five grand from creighton two weeks ago tcu five more i think i see where this is going Let's see where this is going uh we'll be back late this week to to, to detail the chaos <laughs> kids are getting money millionaire collegians running in the streets strong ass offers everywhere <laughs> we'll talk to you then 